0: Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today, we, uh, we're we going to talk a little bit more about this USC game. We didn't do the live show this week just because everybody's crazy busy, um, but we'll get back to that soon. Instead, uh, today, again, talking about just what exactly is at stake. We've kind of repeated this throughout the week, but we're going to start there, um, get into some of the picks for the Pac-12 games this weekend. And then, after that, uh, we're going to talk some basketball. And honestly, I want to get there pretty quickly. Today, we're just going to talk through what this rotation is going to look like. Um, And then, I'll play an interview for you. I I need to go back and listen and hear what the best audio is, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, Let's just jump in. So... What's at stake? There's really a couple big things. And we've talked about how this is kind of the the make or break game for the buff season. Um, Well, I don't even know if it could make it, but it could absolutely break it. Um, We've talked about these matchups. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. We really dug in a lot deeper there. But basically, this is a team that just about everybody should be able to run on. And Colorado has the reigning offensive player of the year running back. If you can't get him going in this game, you're not going to get him going. I think it's kind of as simple as that. You know, I don't really blame Jarek for his struggles. I think there's probably more that he could have done. There's absolutely more that he could have done. But he just hasn't been put in good situations. You know, the combination of having an offensive line that gets beat fairly consistently and a quarterback that doesn't um, doesn't get defenders out of the box defensively, it means that you just kind of are stuck and things don't really work in your favor all that often. So, again, there's there's a path to winning, and I think that the path to winning lines up pretty well with how Colorado should be able to win games you know, by running the football. And, again, that's why this game just sets up perfectly for Colorado. And if you can't get this one and you do still get Arizona but the rest of them you're you're probably underdogs um just because the the way that this plays to the buff strengths um you've also got on the other side of the ball i mean you you look at the usc offense first of all when they run the ball the only time they've really had any success is right up the middle they haven't done well running the ball off the tackles And obviously, that lines up with Colorado's strengths again with Nate Landman right in the middle. And more than anything, they've just kind of struggled to run the ball. They throw the ball a lot. And I I think that I really like the way Colorado's corners match up against this passing attack. You know, they they want to throw it short a lot so that they can catch you over the top at some point later on. And, you know, Makai Blackman, his closing speed, his burst. If they try to throw those short passes on him, he's going to be able to break on the ball and make a play on it. So I really like that part. On top of that, um, when it comes to the deep balls, I mean, that is kind of what scares you with this USC team, um, especially because, you know, Mikai Blackman, Christian Gonzalez, they're, they're smart players. They do their homework, and that means they're going to be able to, to time some routes and get their hands on some balls. It also means that if they're being that aggressive, they might get beat over the top um and and if that happens a couple of times that can be the difference in a game like this you know there's there's obviously a world where usc is able to just put up really big numbers and and things go well for them and the cu offense struggles and turns the ball over a lot and you're looking at another game that you know looks like 35 13 or 30 to 0 like the last couple have been but i also think that the the real chance for the Buffs, obviously, is is to just keep USC from scoring, and you can't give them cheap points if that's the plan. You know, this, this isn't, I mean, this isn't Oregon or Arizona State, for example. Arizona State, a team that can put up points on just about anybody, and if you give up some easy ones, you can claw your way right back in. We haven't seen that from Colorado, and they've had opportunities to try to claw themselves back into games, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, uh, just because Colorado is able to keep it close, if they do, doesn't necessarily mean that this is a good football team, but again, we'll just see what happens. Um, you got to get this one. Otherwise you're sitting at one and four. And like we talked about what's on the line this week, your chance at a PAC 12 South title is is, I mean, literally on the line, if you lose this game, you can basically say, like, it, it's not mathematically impossible, but it's pretty close. Um, and when it comes to bowl eligibility, you've still obviously got three more losses. That third loss would be the one that um, means you're you're out of it. But you're asking a lot if you're expecting to go five and one the rest of the way five and two sorry the rest of the way um and that's why it's such a big game um also what's on the line for darren Cheverini? um you uh he needs to put points on the board otherwise he's gonna potentially be gone before the buffs have another practice and it sucks It, it really sucks but it's where we are at this point this is kind of his last chance to, to try to win some fans back. Um, because after this who knows what's gonna happen. But um those are obviously the big ones. And then the the last one who I think has some stakes in this game, we're going Katie Nixon. Uh it's gonna be fun to see him back. Um he I he's kind of an interesting figure for Buffs fans. Um because, obviously, there, there's some really great memories with him. With the flea flicker against Nebraska being number one on that list, probably in a landslide. Um, but, you know, he, he put up 1250 yards. He put up uh, over 100 catches. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. And it's it's weird seeing him play for another team. Yeah. Um, And it will be weird because you think about what this season would look like for him if he was at Colorado, you know, having a senior day and that sort of thing. Um, But here's why it's such a big game, because it's kind of a big game for him on a couple of levels. The first, obviously, is that he wants to outshine his former teammates. I think that that's pretty obvious. um, And when you know Katie Nixon's personality, it becomes even more obvious. So there's that going on. There's also the fact that he has like two catches for twenty nine yards or something like that this season um he's he's been returning some punts for him but if if he's going to break into this rotation for u s c in his last year in college I think they're going to give him an opportunity because this is his former team, and I think that uh he needs to capitalize on that otherwise it it might just disappear um Okay. So we flew through that, which was the goal. Now we uh, get into just some of these betting lines in the Pac-12. We're going to make some picks here. Might as well start with uh, Colorado USC. Um, Looks like it's an eight and a half spread or eight and a half point spread at this point in favor of USC. I'm going to take it. I think that Again, I I do think that there's a real path for Colorado to to do something in this game. But, you know, we've seen the struggles. Every single team in the Pac-12 has averaged at least 200 passing yards per game this season. Except for Colorado, and Colorado has 85. You know, and and until they show something, I just can't bet on them. Um, And so I'm I'm taking USC minus 8.5. And I wish I didn't have to, but I do feel like, you know... Until they show something, it's just what you have to do. We've got Oregon at Stanford. <laughs> um, Oregon, number three in the country. They're uh, they're really, really good. They're favored by eight points. This is a tough one, but I'm going to take them to cover it. Um, and maybe this is me being a little bit of a Pac-12 homer, um, but, but I do think, obviously, what's best for the conference is getting Oregon into the college football playoff. And I think that at this point, I think that that is what's going to happen. And because of that, I think that they should be able to beat the Stanford team by more than eight points. You know, you, you look at the strength for Stanford and it's ground and pound being strong up front defensively. And I think that Oregon's a team that first of all, has the offensive firepower to, to get away from Stanford and get them out of that style of play. But also I think that they're big enough and strong enough that, they can just go toe-to-toe and beat Stanford at what Stanford wants to do. Uh, for those reasons, I'm taking Oregon uh, to cover that uh, eight-point spread. From there, Washington State at Cal. Um, Cal favored by seven and a half. Mm, this is a tough one. Um, honestly, I don't really love either of these teams. Um I think I mean we've talked about the the struggles for USC. Well, Washington State lost forty five fourteen to USC, which sometimes the talent just clicks, I guess, and it was a new coach game and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not a good look, and to lose to that Utah team last week, it's 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 gross. Um, so that's where I'm at with them. And then again, not all that impressed with Cal either. Um, and because of that, I'm just going to take Washington State plus seven and a half. Um, I think I think that this is a, a much closer game. It's it, sh- it should be probably a pretty even match. Ah, you gotta give Cal just a little bit of a bump, but not by much. And the home field advantage is worth a little bit more. But if you're looking for value, I think the value is on Washington State to keep it within a touchdown. Next up, uh, we got what two left? Washington at Oregon State. <sighs> Oregon State favored by one and a half. Uh coming off a big win against USC, haven't really played anybody else this year. You know what? I'm going Washington here. Um I think that this is a game where it's it's just time for for Oregon State to lose, you know? Um that's the way the Pac-12 works. And even though this Washington team has really struggled, uh I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. I'm I'm, I'm sticking with Washington. We're going to take them to cover that, that one and a half points. Ah, You know what? We're not. Oregon State, they can run the ball. They've got a, a fun young quarterback in Chance Nolan, um, and they've got a defense that, that's made more plays than I think people expected. Uh, they might get pushed around a little bit, but I think that they're going to be able to figure it out. Um, finally, Arizona State at UCLA. This is probably the biggest game. UCLA ranked. Arizona State, like I've said, I think they're – Probably the second best team in this conference. And I think that they're what they three-point underdogs on the road. I'm taking Arizona State to win this one. I think if if we're going with Oregon State in the last one, this is the one where the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself, and they knock UCLA out of the rankings here. Um, It's not that UCLA isn't good. It's just that I don't know that they're... Anything special. And I think that Arizona State is going to be able to put up a lot of points on that defense um, and kind of pull UCLA away from being able to run the ball with uh, those two really good running backs that they have. So there we go. There's the football talk. and We'll catch up tomorrow after the game. Make sure to tune to that. DMVR Buffs After Dark on the DMVR YouTube channel. It'll be me and Dev uh, about two hours after the game ends. That's about when we're able to make it back down um, to to Denver after the game in Boulder. Also, want to tell you guys about Sexy Pizza. So on Sunday, I'm going down to uh, the Bronco game. And I'm going to be, uh, stopping by our tailgate before the game. And when you go to that tailgate, there's free pizza. I guess you gotta pay $20 to get in. As much as you want to eat pizza from Sexy Pizza. And Sexy Pizza really is incredible. I, I tried it last week for the first time. Um, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Um, Sexy Pizza is a local pizza company. They've been in the Denver community for 13 years. They're hand-tossed deck oven pizzas. Their their dough is made from scratch each morning. Um, And there's a bunch of different toppings, obviously, that you can try. And they also have their signature Philanthro Pies. Those are basically pizzas... They've been put together by nonprofits, and when you buy one of those five pizzas, you actually are supporting that organization because some of the money goes to them. Um, it's, it's really a cool program that they have put together. Obviously, they have all sorts of different sides. They have vegan options. They've got a gluten-free crust, um, and they've got four locations in Denver, one in Cap Hill, one in Old South Pearl, one in Jefferson Park, one in Park Hill, and there's a new location in Trinidad, Colorado that will be here soon. And it's been a great start to the NFL season. It's only getting better at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week. Receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. This football season... um, All customers can swing big with the DraftKings same-game parlays. Uh, Basically, what that means is you get to build a parlay, which is a bunch of different bets. And if they all hit, you make a bunch of money because they kind of multiply. But you can do that with a bunch of things in the same game. So if you're watching the Bronco game, for example, and you want to get... Teddy Bridgewater to throw two touchdowns, Melvin Gordon to, to run for 50 yards. You can combine all those different things, and the payouts are massive. Plus, they are giving out same-game parlay insurance, which means that you'll be credited up to $25 even if your bet loses. So if you build one for $10, and it pays out $400 if it hits, Um, Well, odds are it isn't going to hit, and if it doesn't, you get your $10 back, and they've been doing that once a week. It's a great deal. Um, And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, you use the promo code DMVR uh, to sign up. You'll get... $150 $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code DMVR to get $150 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. Uh, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get into some basketball talk before we get out of here um, today we're just going to build this rotation and I'm not going to dilly dally too much. Um, but you know, I think it's just good to get on the same page here before we get into, you know, the, the actual season, which is right around the corner. Um, I wrote all about, here's, here's a cool thing that happened. Um, McKinley Wright was back in town for the Minnesota game, and he spent a bunch of time uh, with the basketball team, um, including with KJ Simpson. Took him to the side, um, talked to him a bunch. They they talked on the phone before quite a bit, but they hadn't talked in person ever. Uh, KJ said it was super beneficial doing that kind of stuff. I wrote a whole story about all of that. Um, you can read that on the website. Uh, but one of the other things I did for that story is I went through and just counted all of the minutes that the Buffs lost last year, and I think it was 3,440 minutes, something like that. And it worked out to be 54% of the minutes played last year um, came from players who are no longer on the roster. Obviously, you've got McKinley Wright, Deshaun Schwartz, and Dallas Walton who are gone. Uh, Those are the three starters. Um, And then you've got two bench guys, Dry Horn, who was basically a starter based on how much he played, and uh, Maddox Daniels, who also played almost like 20 minutes a game um, and played in every game this last season. So, there's going to be a lot of turnover, but I have a decent idea what this team is going to look like. And it's what we're going to work off of going forward. Here's what it looks like. So, I think there's four guys who are basically locks. Um, three of them for sure. Evan Batty's going to start. Jabari Walker is going to start. And Elijah Parquet wants to start. Um, those three are... They're, they're proven um, two of them were starters before um, and Jabari obviously is ready for that role. So you've got those three and I'm going to throw Keyshawn Bartholomew in as a must start as well. Um, he's he's kind of the, I mean, he, he played last year. He was the number two point guard last year. He looked rough at points. He had some flashes and Tad has been saying that he thinks that Keyshawn is ready for like a breakout year here in um, talking to him myself and watching these first couple practices, I agree. Um, I, I think that he is ready. And the reason why I'm ready to say he's a lock to be a starter is just that I don't think that KJ Simpson jumps him. I don't think Julian Hammond jumps him. Um, I think there's a chance that like KJ also starts, um, but I don't think that he starts and Keyshawn doesn't. Uh, so so those are the four guys who I have locked in. Um, Evan, Jabari, Parquet, and Keyshawn. I'm giving that last starting spot to Tristan Da Silva. He's, he's a big wing. He can knock down shots. Um, and he's just a reliable piece to put out there at this point. I think you put him at the three, Jabari at the four, Evan at the five. You're maybe a little bit strong, but Evans or, or a little bit small, but Evan's so strong in the post that I don't think you worry about it too much. Um, that's what I've got with Da Silva being maybe the, the toughest decision. Um, about whether he's going to be in or not. Um, I, I think that there's a chance that it's lost in Lovering, especially by the end of the year. I think that you have lost Lovering at center. You bump Evan down to the four, Jabari down to the three. Then all of a sudden you've got a pretty big lineup that should be really good defensively. Um, and that's got to be appealing, right? Um, when you can have a size mismatch, it's kind of tough to pass that up. Um, and there's a chance that he starts right out the gate. We'll, we'll just see. Um KJ Simpson, he's another one who I think is going to have a huge role this year. I just don't know if it's whether if if it's as a starter. I think he probably starts some games at, at various points. Um, I know that Tad thinks that KJ and Keyshawn can play together. Um, he he did say it's like a three-headed monster with those two and Julian Hammond. So there you go. Um, and then with uh. From there, it's tough. From there, it's tough. Um, Neat Clifford, Luke O'Brien, that's kind of where I look next. So again, off the bench so far, we've got KJ Simpson, we've got Lawson Lovering. Um, I think that up next is Neat Clifford or Luke O'Brien, and they're really competing for that spot. Um, I think Luke O'Brien probably has the easier path, just because he's you put him at the three, and you probably like that. Um. Better than basically anybody else at that spot, with the the injuries to, I guess the injury at Quincy Allen more than anything, um, and Luke O'Brien. I mean, both of those guys, I think, are ready to take the next step. Um, and from there, Julian Hammond kind of rounds things out. That that tenth guy in the rotation again. So it's going to be a three-headed monster at point guard. They're all going to get their minutes, and they're going to figure out who pops. Um, so that's what I'm looking at there. And, uh, we're going to wrap things up. This is a short one. Here's, uh, our, our guy, um, which one did I say? Oh, I decided Keyshawn's a good one. So, so here's, here's, uh, my conversation with Keyshawn Bartholomew from a couple days ago.
1: Uh, so you you did make 35? Yeah. Did you get the oh. green light then? Is that what that means? Yeah. We have to get seven. Of those. seven oh, so Oh are to
2: shoot Okay.
1: Um, how's practice?
2: it's good man we compete now that's, that's the best part of the year man so, it's the funnest part of the year we get to compete against each other get to know how to play with each other so it's good cool.
1: it's a lot different team than last oh, year it's super young what's that like for you uh i mean it's a new
2: team i mean it's just got to get chemistry young or not it's just chemistry and be able to defend at at this level defense gonna win this championship so that's what it's all about man that's <laughs> how it is
1: um, obviously, Kin is gone. Yeah. You have to pick up a lot of right. the slack there. Yeah. Uh, is, is that a, a challenge for you?
2: Uh, No, that's no pressure, man. At the end of the day, it's basketball. This is what I want. I wanted to be here and make plays for this team to win, and I feel like I, I'm in a position to do that.
1: What's... How valuable is it having a couple of years with Ken before you have to step into this role?
2: Well, I got to see the blueprint of, of what a good point guard is. I mean, he's already one of the best PGs to play here. So mm-hmm. I got to see what it was like every day in practice and all that, being a leader vocally and, and by example. So it's it's been good for me.
1: Yeah. And now that now that that is your role in practice, right. like I mean, only two days in, but does it does it come naturally to you?
2: Uh, I try to just talk a lot, just oh. just sing anything, man, because. At this level, you, you got to have a vocal leader at the point guard position, so that's what I'm trying to be for this team, and, and I think we'll be fine if I am. Okay.
1: Um, yesterday, Tad called, I think it was you, KJ, and Julian, yeah. like a three-headed monster at point yeah. guard. Right. Uh, what have you seen from those other two guys so
2: far? I like playing with them. I like competing against them too, man. They're, they're really good guys off the floor, and, and on the crew we got some good chemistry, so it should be fun. And we got, we got a lot of years left in us, man, so it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. Um. Mason Faulkner was here for right. just a like a couple of months. Right. Um, obviously, that changes the dynamic the point guard position. Right. Um, what was your reaction when you heard that he was leaving?
2: Well, I was kind of shocked, man. I mean, as he was our brother for a little bit, man. You, he was he's with us uh, for I think June and July, and he, when he left, I was like, like why? You know, what I'm saying it was just kind of tough. But at the end of the day, I was like, I mean, it opens up a spot for somebody to, you know, what I'm saying like just step up because. You know, sorry for my language, this yeah. shit happens, but, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, it seems like you were probably going to be a big piece regardless, but, but for guys like KJ, guys like Julian, have you, have you seen, like, a change in their, their attitude since then? No,
2: they've, they've kept it uh, same competitive level. Uh, everything's been good. I like what I'm seeing from them. Okay.
1: Um, If you got to build, like, a three-on-three team, it's like you and two others from the team, who are you taking?
2: I will not answer that.
1: <laughs> I will not answer that question. Okay. Uh, I bet KJ answers, though. <laughs> he answer yeah. I, I, oh, I, I he won't will answer I it. bet he will.
2: Uh, probably. I uh, won't answer that, because <laughs> I don't want to put anybody on the bus. Okay. Um. toughest
1: to go against so far in practice?
2: Elijah Parquet. No question. Oh, easy. No yeah. question. Just because of his defensive prowess out there, I mean, he challenged me. And honestly, going going up against him in practice... I don't think any, any guard out there in the, in, the, in the Pac-12 can really defend like he does, so mm-hmm. it's going to be easy. He's going to make it easier for me out there. So, You
1: know, that was one of the things that Ken did last year, like yes. when when you have that pair of Eli and, and Kin, and is is there pressure to kind of live up to that defensive standard too? Yes.
2: I mean, not pressure, but I, I want to be a good defender for this team. I don't want to be a liability out there, and I just want to help the team defensively however I can with my quickness and my, my brain, so...
1: Does it, does it seem like the younger guys, like, realize the importance of defense? Because it seems like sometimes they can get caught up on, like, uh, shooting the basketball, getting open. Right. Like.
2: I mean, if they don't, they will really soon because <laughs> yeah, that's, our, that's our identity. So okay. if they don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure they do, but if they don't, they will really soon. <laughs> okay.
1: Awesome. That's all I got for yeah. you. Thanks, man.